Good good morning and welcome back to the God's Best Kids podcast. I'm Ophion and I'm joined here with... Oh, I'm Harold. Well, I I give you the um, privilege of actually introducing you by saying your name, but, you know. Um, And we're back again with episode, I reckon, six. Five or six? Six, indeed. And yeah, we're getting active. We've got a lot to talk about, I think. Where are we starting in your estimation? Um, where are we started? Yeah. Well, tell me what you've been up to. You you just tell me you've been at rugby game. Oh, yeah. So well this weekend went and watched well weekend just gone. Basically yeah. by this point, a week ago. By the time you mm. by the time you're watching this, it's ten days ago. Um went to watch Barbarians versus All Blacks at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Lovely stadium. Oh. Um, okay. Quite funny though, because I really, I really like, I really like the fact that it's growing the game. But so many of the people around us were really evidently football fans. Mm. Okay. The the understanding of what's happening on the pitch, you can tell, is like when you put rugby on with your family and then like no one understands what's going on unless you're actually part of the rugby world. Mm. So there was a lot of yeah. people like discovering how rugby actually is and there was a lot of game of rugby. And there was a lot of uh tackles that were just quite normal tackles that got met with <clears throat> because like mm-hmm. If if you're a football fan, that is quite a harsh tackle, but like the big hits got met with roars, so that was all right. Yeah, I'd be that guy. What did you do this week? Um, can't be much because it's not very memorable. Um, I don't know. Working a lot. Working, trying to be the best me. That's what I've been trying to do. That's what I've been doing. Um. Yeah, I can't actually remember what I did on the weekend. Uh-huh. That means it's it was, it was either a really good weekend or, you know. Yeah, either too good or too boring. Yeah, exactly. Um, So how many people there was the capacity? I know it's like, is it 60K? But was it like 40K? No, it was 35,000. Oh, okay, cool. That, the pitch is quite, like, the stadium's actually quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, and we were like quite close as well. We were, um, you know how they've got that, the cock on the, yeah, the we were on the opposite end from that, so like row nine, so we were actually quite close. Oh, so you could you could see the golden cock. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you see the whole the pint thing and how the concourse is like? Yeah. Meant to be the longest bar in Europe or something. I don't know. We we didn't actually see the longest bar, but we did have a little walk around most of the stadium. There, we spent we spent two hundred quid in the shop. What? Yeah. Why? Go on. This co- this is eighty five quid. Oh my god! And see, cost of living crisis only exists for some of us. 
No, no, no. Like this, this took a really, really long. Like we were in there for probably half an hour just debating because we were trying to get away with just buying something that was twenty quid, so that it didn't like damage the bank account too much. And like everything else was like, it's just not gonna last. Like this, this will last. This will get wet. This is like good quality material, whereas. Uh, me buying a polyester training top for like 20 or 30 quid is going to end up stinking and I'm not probably going to wear it that much good justification Um, what else did you get then for 200 quid I'll show you I'm going to do a little bit of magic editing here and I'll be back <laughs> Mm. And he brought gifts. A little keychain. Mm. That's it. That was a fiver. So that's 20 quid. That was a fiver. So together, 90 quid each, because we both bought the same thing. Uh Cool. Okay, I've got into our first topic. Sorry, I've yeah. not had breakfast. Ah, so. Do you brush your teeth before breakfast? Yeah, obviously. Interesting. I don't want my breakfast. Do you not? No, I don't want my breakfast sitting in my mouth. Wash it down with some water. So, first topic we've got. Mr. True Geordie. Okay. Now, I was a bit disappointed in this one. I can't lie. So a bit of context. Um, True Geordie, YouTuber and podcaster who's got like 2 million subscribers now on YouTube. Um, pretty well known, I'd say. Well, if you have 2 million, you are pretty well known. Um, he said an Islamophobic comment with regards to Andrew Tate and Andrew Tate converted to Muslim to Islam and True Georgie found that hard to believe so he decided to say so I'm not gonna repeat it but he said okay. something so what he said was without beating around the bush um he's really a Muslim you should blow yourself up. Yeah. This is what Geordie said. And um, rightly, understandably, he got backlash. Is yeah. Why the fuck would you say that? <laughs> um, he he did say he said it on a it was a stream, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was next to next to his co-host. Lost um, expert Dick Ryder and joking, I actually like Lawrence. Um, but I said it next to him, who is obviously married to a Muslim woman and a Muslim family. And I think Laws got a bit of backlash for not calling it out, yeah, or standing or just standing up to it and telling Geordie, like, listen, that's not cool because. 
but yeah, what obviously hmm, he's now been dropped by a number of his sponsors, um, Gymshark, and is it Lad? Is it Ladbrook? I don't know. It was a betting one by PokerStars, Gymshark. Poker I'm pretty sure he got dropped by Twitch. And I, yeah, I think someone else as well. Like, I think he's. I think he had like four sponsors and he's now got zero. Yeah. And so, yeah, his empire came crashing down. So, do you want to have a few words? I know how disappointed are you in this? Because you've well, been a fan of Ryan since the very start now. Okay. I've never, I've never liked Brian. I've I've right. liked his content because I think the way that specifically the kickoff, but also true news, like the way that they were delivered was really good and you always had like true news was usually actually quite funny and kept you updated on certain things. And yeah. the kickoff always has had a good number of people to give their opinion on football like topics so that you can like to see where you line up with different people, but until they didn't have an Arsenal fan talking about Arsenal, rest in peace. It's just such a stupid, ah, oh, stupid structure. Sorry, carry on. The first thing I put down here is True Geordie has always had it in him because I don't know if you remember in our first podcast, I literally said I don't watch True Geordie anymore because I don't have time to watch idiots yeah I think this pretend to remember <laughs> I do think what he said especially in the context is very like wrong like that it doesn't make sense to say it and he said it with hate as well but not but although <laughs> I think if he was on the stage as a comedian I think this has minimal backlash if it's like a joke. The difference is that joke wouldn't be made out of hate. So yeah, the only reason I say that is because I do have a couple of friends, one Arab, one Muslim, who make these jokes themselves. And I don't make yeah. them towards them, but they expect me to. Like my mate, I'm not going to say his name, but like... I will say, like, he'll be late or something. And I'll say, and I'll, like, I'll, I'll be like, oh, hurry up or whatever. Like, and, and he'll be like, oh, I thought you were going to make a joke about the fact I'm not here because I blew up or something. And I, I think depending yeah. on who your friends are also really impacts what level you find acceptable. Like, I don't make that kind of joke because I don't, personally find it acceptable to say to someone mm. who would actually be offended like who would act it would actually impact but mm. my mates who it would actually impact see it as like fair game so i think it yeah would, i think it's because it's kind of their joke to make isn't it yeah i think it's yeah. if you're not listen, that should ever be coming out of your mouth in my opinion i think and like it came like so naturally as well yeah, like, it, really it, it seemed to be like a second thought towards it. It was very off the cuff. Like, it was like, 
It was like the chimp in him just was like, yeah, we're saying that. And he's done this kind of thing before. And oh yeah, I remember watching. And just like he was like, oh, imagine if I just said, I was like, oh. imagine if I said full blown Muslim. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I understand. Like Lawrence didn't def- like do much in the stream, and I understand where he's coming from with that because. And he said, looking back on it, he wishes he did, but he doesn't know how, what more he could have done. Because I've been in that position many times where someone around me, like maybe that I care about or that, even if I don't care about them, but someone makes an offensive joke or comment or something. You have to be really careful about how you approach that situation because you don't want to cause un- any unnecessary aggravation like I'll always pull someone up for it but you have to be really careful about how you manage that situation and Lawrence did try and put him up like he gave him the nudge of, oh, yeah. he, tra- he gave him the nudge of like are you sure like you he basically basically the kind of are you sure you want to go down that avenue and then he did where like, and I tried to do the same thing and I'd, I'd like challenge the people that I hear say certain things but you can't go too far because you don't know what these people, how these people will react. Like, especially if it's someone you don't know, like you don't want to get for you don't want to get like hit by someone for like suggesting something or insinuating something or flat out saying something. And same as when it's someone that you actually do know, you don't want to cause like an argument because I think the more of an argument you cause the more up this back this person will have and they're not going to be able to learn from it like you have to approach it with a really calm like demeanor to be able to get someone Mm -hmm. to open their eyes to like maybe I shouldn't say that yeah I think I think the issue obviously what he said was obviously a massive issue but I think it was the original apology video. Terrible. Huh? You yeah. watched it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. So yeah. he starts off it he starts off um obviously saying, I made this kind of joke, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then he starts um starts crying. Starts crying. And then he goes on to talk about his fake his dating. Huh? Uh, at that point it was fake tears, by the way. Like Oh, crocodile tears, yeah. He'd been caught out. Um, and then he started to talk about dating and like how he didn't have a partner and he feels like he was ready to have a partner or whatnot. And, and he was like, and then he was like, talk about his mum. Um, and then at the end, he was like, smash like and subscribe. He was like, thank you for two million subscribers again. Smash, smash the like button and subscribe. If you enjoy, if you enjoy this video, see you on the next one. Was the last line, like oh, damn, like when the apology stops, that's when you need to stop recording. Like, as insincere as that apology was, why are you still talking? <laughs> like you've you've done what you're meant to do with that video. Even if you've this done this, is it. why you edit your own videos. He, he would have he would have watched it back as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 
yeah, they they need to understand that I feel alone right now. Like, all it does is make it seem like... It just makes it seem like you're trying to pin... Like, find this one thing that's not going right in your life to pin this thing on, like... No, that's that's so fair enough, because when I feel alone, I decide to make offensive comments for other people, so... It's normal, isn't it? Like, any any rational human does that. <laughs> I only say racist comments because I feel alone right now. And if I had someone in my bed with me, then I would not be racist at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe... No, the thing is, there's at least three of them that's watching that back as well. So him, Lawrence, and um, the camera guy. Yep. I can't remember his name, but he's mm-hmm. always on it. Um, Gio? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But um so there's like three heads here that should be being like, Well, we never know, maybe they were. And then Brian was like, No, 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 trust me. Trust me, they'll like this one. <laughs> um yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't pulled up. Um Yeah, what do you what what do you think's next for him? Do you think he comes back from this or he's done? He's I done. Think- He's he's gonna keep making content. He's gonna not talk about it ever again from this point until in about a year's time where he makes a documentary about how much he's learned about Muslim culture. Oh uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm That's... not even joking. Like that is very much an on-brand thing to do. Um, I think he said uh, in the second one he's speaking to yeah Muslim leaders and. He might chuck a few things in here and there, like, oh, yeah, like, happy Eid and happy Ramadan and whatever. Like, see, I know the culture kind of things. Like, I know what's going on now. Um, I'm not racist, but I think... I think he's just going to slowly... But is that not what we ask people to do, though? Like, learn about stuff. Like, that, though. like it's just... But, yeah, if he's... Not in a token way, not not to be like, oh, like happy, just like, I don't like, th- just learn about it, innit? Yeah, but I don't think you do need to learn to not say but, what he said. No, obviously not. But So, no, but like, I don't know what him learning is going to change. Like, what he said came out of, like, it's not even... It's not a thing that suggests that he actually doesn't like Muslims, right? It's a thing that he said off the cuff because he was perpet- like using a stereotype harmfully. It it doesn't it doesn't prove that he would say that to anyone other than Andrew Tate. Yeah, it's just a thing that he does relate to Muslims, and I don't think like no matter what the education is, you can't just stop someone saying that like. I think he was more stunned. He was also astonished that they can be a white man that's Muslim as well. Like some white people are Muslim. Yeah. I know there are plenty of white people that are Muslim. Like, and, I, yeah, exactly. When I was when I was trying to define myself, I was like, could I be a Muslim? Thought about it. I was like, you know what? Really? I do like it, but not for me. Really? Did you actually? I I Seriously? I aligned with Islam more than Christianity, but I wouldn't. I just can't do either, unfortunately, for me. But how long did you um 
how long did you explore that avenue? I was just like researching religion for like two weeks. Like, just uh, yeah, I did. I did try Ramadan in my friend. Really? Um, for one day, all oh, my days, I did it one day. If that, like, it was so difficult. I find it so difficult. Like, no water as well. I was like, uh, it got to about five, four, five p.m. I was like, I'm really thirsty. <laughs> like, my lips are really dry. Like, there's only so much facility you can apply. Try to be. Yeah, my mate. Yeah, at school, my mate at school was like, always. I always felt so bad for him because like. Like, and I know so I know quite a few Muslims. He's he's the most like, he's the only one that actually sticks with it uh, as much as he does. Like and he He's the most practicing. Yeah, and he goes the whole time through like Ramadan. You don't you know, he doesn't slip up once. And then and and like anytime it was exam season at school, for example. It would be in Ram, so he he would be like starving, oh. whilst also having to do not starving, fasting as fasting. No, oh, I know, but like in the day, it feels like you are starving. Like you just like you feel not not obviously to extreme of starving, but like compared to eating three square meals a day, it feels like you're just empty. Mm. Like if I wake up and I don't eat breakfast until twelve. I feel empty. Yeah. But carry on, he was, uh, it was just always an exam season. I think that's really, yeah, that's really difficult. Um, and it's That's really like when footballers, footballers do it for 90 minutes, right? I could just like, oh. Huh? And it's the hottest time of the year. Like, you you want water. You 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 need water. Yeah, I couldn't believe El Nene was doing it for us. That was insane. I was like, the amount of energy he had as well so. That is insane. The last thing I do have to say, sorry, on DM, true Geordie stuff, though, is that Makola and Lawrence are both bitch boys and yes men. What's Makola, Dad? Well, he, he said, I know, so he said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out of kickoff because of all the comments. And then he went, that. But I know Brian's not a bad person. I know he didn't mean it or any, like, <laughs> if you first of all if you know that then why are you leaving like if he if you really stand by him and think that he's not actually this person and that's not actually like what he's done didn't really offend you because you know the true person underneath him then why are you leaving and second of all it's just not true like he's never been a good person he's always shown that he's very much himself first uh, and doesn't give a sh like he he is he prides himself on not caring about other people, and I think Lawrence the reason I say he's like he said in the moment he didn't really know how to react, but he he did do like as good a job as pretty much anyone would without escalating the situation in the moment, but then to go and be part of this man's apology video once you've gone back to your Muslim wife and Muslim child and say, yeah, it, what he did was so wrong and so offensive to my family. So now I'm going to help him damage control. Yeah. 
to sit through half an hour of that as well. <clears throat> like, I don't know why he was talking about. He's like, he's like saying I'm a freaky guy and all this shit. I was like, I just, I'm struggling to draw correlation. Because you can um, make better jokes. Um, is it, did you see anything from Rory? Or no? Yeah, I doubt it. Rory's Rory the Tory is what I call him. <laughs> no, he is a massive Tory. He um, I know, I know. He is. He'd probably have said, you know, we're happy to have you down Chelsea anytime, mate. Hey Chelsea. Um okay, so yeah, that's that's the true Geordie done. Um moving on. For good, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see the podcast, so if it I mean he was gonna try do the podcast. From one man who's fucked up to another. Ronaldo. I'll, I'll let you take your shine on this one. Oh, as a United fan, what do you what do you make of this? The interview. So this week, Christian uh, uh, interview emerged of Cristiano Ronaldo and Piers Morgan having a sit down conversation about all things Ronaldo, his time at United, well specifically looking at his time at United, and his treatment around. His treatment by the um, hierarchy, and yeah, he's he said some pretty damning stuff. But as a United fan, how do you feel seeing that? Um, so I'm really conflicted because I don't know who in this interview to be more pissed off at. The absolute knob on one side or the absolute cunt on the other. Like, yeah. I mean, I've I've got so much written down here that like I don't really know where to begin, but I would say to start with, um, this is my own opinion. Other people have said if you think Ronaldo's not a legend anymore, then you're deluded. Like, do you not remember what he did for our club? Yes, I remember what he did for our club. I also remember watching him after we won the Champions League, saying, I'm not going to leave anytime soon. I'm not going to go to Real Madrid. And then he went to Real Madrid. But, hey, um, I do not morally respect Ronaldo at all. Yeah. Um, He is... So, in my opinion, because of that, he is no longer a Man United legend. Because I and people like my girlfriend thinks this is weird. I'll I'll watch TV because of how morally highly strung I am, whatever. Like if someone proves they're a proper bad egg, like if they make a mistake, don't really show remorse. If they like repeatedly also and like if you can just tell this person is morally not a good person, I don't respect them. And so, for example, in TV, I will have no sympathy or care for a character who does one morally like disgusting thing. Mm. And then 
I don't care about this story from then on. Um, and now that's what I feel about Ronaldo. Like, yeah, he was a great footballer for us. Wait, so is this the is this the one thing the one this is the trigger? Yeah, I, I've arguably the Tottenham thing. Well, no, yeah, I I was starting to dislike him. Hmm. I I I I wanted him out of our club. I never wanted him out of our club the second time, really. But I've wanted him out of our club since the season began, or before that. Like, did you even want him originally, or no? But then he like he was a good provider, so it was okay. Like he did damage the players around him in terms of output, but he saved our bacon a few times whether we would needed whether we would have needed our bacon saving if he wasn't mm. it's a different story but doesn't matter um i don't That's remember not. right i've just got so much here like Ronaldo starts the interview saying i like you it's a piers he like piers morgan piers morgan <laughs> slandered him when he first played in England, for example, as much as anyone ever had. That's insane, yeah. But Piers Piers Morgan has rimmed him. Yeah, well, this is... um, I I said here, Piers Morgan has historically slated him as much as anyone, but he replied, I like you too. And Ronaldo is just responding to Piers Morgan's ego stroking. And that's all it is. And I think the biggest part of this interview is it just shows how egotistical Ronaldo is and how yeah. a lot of it is about him. Um, one of the biggest things that I noticed was that he would talk about the fans um, always being on his side and the fans will understand. And the like, He needs to understand the difference between Man United fans and football club Ronaldo fans, because they are very different people. The Man United yeah, fans... Trying... Huh? Go no, I was just going to say, he's trying to be a bit manipulative and narcissistic yeah. here. Like, the fans will understand, because the fans would agree, as I'm sure you do, with some of the things he said. Well, yeah. So he's just trying to reiterate it. But it's also because he just... He doesn't see the difference between the fans that follow him all over the world and the fans that now follow him as a response to him playing for Man United. Like fans like myself, I don't care what he does when he's at another club. I do not give a shit. When he's at Man United, that's when I follow him and that's where I pay attention to him. And that set of fans are the fans that aren't happy for example, with this interview, but he's not going to see that because he's going to get so many positive messages from all the Pierce Morgan-type bum-licking fans that say, oh, you're so perfect, everything you've said in the interview is magnificent, you know, you really stuck it to them. Like, and it really helps his, like, it really feeds into this mentality. One of the quotes that he said was, I surround myself with people who say good things and I don't listen to the criticism. Like, yeah, I, I understand surrounding yourself yeah. with people who 
can put stuff in a positive light but you also need to be able to accept where you're going and I think a really big part of this interview is him not being able to accept that he is slowing down and getting to the end of it and he's um I think tells you kind of company keeps and circle mm. all yes men yeah essentially because he can't even take Gary Neville criticizing him on TV for example yeah. hence why he didn't shake his hand um, saying that we should sell him because he doesn't like he's just not working for us like that yeah. there's nothing offensive to actually say about Ronaldo that I, I don't know if you saw Rooney this morning so last night in America but said um his reaction to the interview and he just said clearly Ronaldo uh, he's a great player always has been always will be but and he's always going to be one of the best in my opinion but he is slowing down because of his age. And I think the interview just shows he's struggling to accept that. And I think yeah. that, especially considering this man just got called a rat, like on global, just for saying that I don't think Ronaldo should play for Man United. Like, that is a really nice reaction for him to have. And there, there is a perfect example of Rooney stepped away from Man United when he stopped performing at the height. Like, at, he stepped away at the right time. And then he stepped away from the Premier League at the right time. And Ronaldo has a go at him. Like, oh, he's just jealous of at me and blah, blah, blah. He's not jealous of you. He just actually has a brain and isn't centred around himself. Hmm. Rooney did say, like, uh, I think it was back in the, like, the Derby day when he was managing Derby and Ronaldo was obviously still United. And, like he just called Rooney jealous or something. Yeah. And then Rooney replied perfectly. He's like, yeah, um, there isn't a footballer in the world apart from Lionel Messi that would have wished to not have Ronaldo Cristiano's career. And it was just like, he, he literally just like, he just humbled him essentially. They're just like, listen, Rooney's like proud of the career he had. And Ronaldo, he just doesn't seem satisfied at all, which obviously helps it helps him, makes him have great years at football. But also, it's also his downfall, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think because when he, when he joined um, Juve, after his medical, he said he wanted to play till he was 40. And I do think that might be a really big part of this. Is like he's two years and like four months away from that. And he's he might now like he, he probably won't get there at the highest level. And I just I don't think he can accept that because he's quite a goal-driven person. I think he's he set this goal of I want to be playing when I'm 40. And it's really hard for him to be like, I, I might not achieve it because he's pr probably yeah. achieved everything to this point he's ever wanted to. Yeah. Would you, do you read too much into the Bruno Fernandes handshake? I'm not sure if you saw that. No. Um, you didn't see that or you don't read too no, much no, into I, it? No, I don't read anything into it. Um, I think like Bruno's been in the press like yesterday or today saying that it didn't mean it. Like Bruno just said a joke, but 
Like, he then said something I was thinking ever since I saw the first video. Like, they are a teammate. They see each other every day. Like, he's not going to have the same reaction to seeing Ronaldo who he sees every day that, to, like, this guy that he sees three times a year on international duty. So it's only fair that Ronaldo gets a little handshake, like, yeah, you're right. And, like, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. But what do you what do you think the general reaction would be in the United dressing room? Based off of what at least what should happen, and I think Tenark has instilled the right mentality, despite mm. being completely not respectable. Um, I think I think they, they just don't they don't really care. Like in a way, like Varane, Varane's already said, like, we'll deal with this as a team. Like, it's about us in the dressing room. Like, we'll go forward as United and we'll do our best for the team that we play for. It's about the team, not the players. And, like, and I think that's the culture that is now getting built in the club that we haven't had. Like, we've been a very player power kind of club. And I think we're very much stepping away from that, thanks to Ten Hag. But it will take time. But I think that's how it's going to be. Like the players won't care. Mm-hmm. They might Could be a. Sorry. So you might just I... privately care, but like. Yeah. When publicly. It down to football and like it's not going to affect them, I don't think. Um, yeah, carry on. Okay. Well, I think the, the, the funniest part of this for me was him saying that. The, I don't know if you understood the thing about the coaches think they found the last Coca-Cola in the desert. But basically, because I, I saw a lot of people were confused by that, and I was until someone like, until you get the full context of the clip, like you, it didn't really make sense. But basically, he was saying that all these coaches want to play pressing football, and they, they act like it's the Holy Grail, basically. And it's in his in his opinion it's not and he doesn't understand why people get so upset that he doesn't press and the point the point is like it's it's fine why agree pressing isn't the only way that you can defend or play football but if the manager wants you to do that and you're not the best player to do that then why do you deserve to play above anyone else? Mm. Like, you don't. Um, I feel like this interview is just completely, it's an attempt to undermine um, Ericsson Hark's, um, man, um, what's it, premiership. He's just trying to um, undermine the manager and he thinks all the young players are going to kind of follow him. I feel like it's a, a Bamiyang, a Bamiyang Arteta situation, even though, to be fair, Bamiyang didn't do um, as much as a damning interview as this, but Ronaldo's probably great to have around the dress in terms of like, you look at Ronaldo like, oh my God, I need to step out say kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think the young players, I think the young players are going to, quickly realised the cars did like trust the manager essentially mm. trust the process 
And like these aging players, they're struggling to get uh, to terms with reality, essentially. Well, one way or another, he won't be returning, I hope, or I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Do you reckon January they're going to offload him? I think they have to, like, even if it's releasing. Like, I, I really, really? they exile him, but whatever happens, it's not gonna be. Like, it, he's he shouldn't be playing for United, and I don't think Eric Ten Hag would let him play for United. Like, mm-hmm. um, he's five million pounds, isn't he? Yep, because apparently that potentially is the most that they can find him. Apparently, it's all in Joel Glazer's hands, though. If, and the problem is he's the um he's the big commercial guy. See, he's the one that really cares about using the club for as a commercial business, say. And and this is where like Ronaldo's like part of what he said was on the money. Like to the Glazers it is a commercial business and Joel is the guy that has the most dealings in that world in terms of just using it to try and make money. But they've um um he said that he's never met he's never met them in this whole time. It's two spells at United. And um the infrastructure is apparently in tatters. It's the same as it was in um when was he there? Like twenty oh nine? Yeah. Was that his last season? And I, and nothing's been upgraded or anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I went. I went what around. Arsenal. Sorry, I went around the Emirates when I was like 13, and it was better than what ours is probably now. Yeah, constantly renovating us. What can I say? What are you gonna say? It feels good to be at be on top in it um but yeah i think ronaldo he's gotten to that point do you reckon all the successful people do this and they just struggle to accept a successful like sportsman team sports the next gen is coming and he just kind of wants to pave a way out like he's paving his own way he's basically making his own grave is what i'm trying to say because this is the last World Cup, probably, unless he forces his way into the next one. Yeah. And I also he also that. said that he wanted Arsenal to win the league, which I, I was I like, yeah, maybe he is the goat. I just I think also I realized just now you saying that like I only took it as talking about Man United players, but he did he did talk about this generation as a whole, like he said. Yeah, he did. Generation, they're not going to be playing like I did. They're not going to like break. Like, all he's concerned about is being at the top. And he's at the top. He's talking about his followers as well, wasn't he? Yeah. And, but he, he can't abide the idea that anyone in the future might top him. So he's already saying they're not going to be able to. Like, they're not even going to be able to play as long as I am. So there's no way that they're going to be able to like break my records um one thing i that really pissed me off about it was him saying that the club didn't believe him that his daughter was ill um because 
he said, I don't think they believed me. He didn't say they didn't believe me. No, he said, I think they didn't believe me. And then he went, and then Pierce went, so they didn't believe you. And he went, no, no, I think they probably did, but just not completely or something. Like, I, he said, I just had a feeling that they might not believe me. Like, mm. it's a really big accusation to make about the, like, the director of Manchester United. Yeah. When, when it's a feeling. Like, it, fair enough, if you're intuitive about that kind of thing, then you are. But it, it just seems like it's a clutching at straws kind of thing to say, to, like, paint them in a negative light. Um, I when, was this, when was that period? So that was when he didn't return for pre-season because his daughter was... Oh, okay. But then talking about pre-season, when he said... So he like literally talked about Ten Hag not respecting him because... And everyone making it all about him when he left for left the game early in pre-season. Ten Hag, the, literally the next day, said straight in the press, like, it wasn't just him, it was like everyone. And he was the one person that was pushing the story that it wasn't just Ronaldo, it was everyone, and it isn't just a Ronaldo thing. And mm. Ten Hag's very often the one that says, like, Ronaldo, like, can we not talk about Ronaldo? This isn't about him, this is about Man United and the game that we're playing. And like, mm. and Ronaldo went on in an interview to talk about how he talks about him constantly in the press, and then, therefore, the press protected him. Have you ever seen the press protect a Manchester United manager? Especially in recent history. Like, they don't protect any football. They hate them all. It's, it's about clicks. You're not going to get clicks by going, we like this manager. You have to find a fault with him. Um, the, the last thing that I think I have to say, other than Pierce Morgan... I'll, I'll say a little bit about Piers Morgan, but Ronaldo said the fans are always right and they're always on my side. Well, I've seen very few Man United fans say that they're happy with Ronaldo. They've said a lot of people have said he's not a legend anymore in their eyes. Some have said he still is, but they're really unhappy with this. And everyone is pretty unanimously agreed that he shouldn't have gone after Ten Hag or said anything bad about Ten Hag. So, yeah. What I'm saying is, if his opinion is the fans are always right, then he should leave the club. It's time to go. And it's time to go. Yeah. I think we just need to cover how shit is Pierce Morgan as a journalist? Yeah. I mean, he's awful, but. Was yeah. The funniest Pierce Morgan quote to me was, "Knowing you, money isn't what drives you." I'm. What do you mean, knowing you? You don't know him. But he's scored, hasn't he? Like, he's got the big interview, Pierce Morgan. Like, do you not see him on Twitter? He's always like, yeah, licking his ass, like saying. How good Ronaldo Cantos. should stop hating him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awful, awful opinions. And, and he's all... like, oh, Cristiano Cantos. And like, <laughs> if Mikhail Tessa has any sense, he'll bring him. Like, shut the fuck up. No. But his questions were so framed. Like, they were 
Like, but Ronaldo's not particularly bright. Like, yeah. anyone can see that. Like, he'd ask leading questions, leading questions that would just bait Ronaldo in, and then Ronaldo would be like, yeah. And it's also not his first yeah. language. Like, he's... And he really proved that with this interview. Like, he's lived in this country twice now for quite a while. Like, and based off of the interview, he struggled to learn the language more than some other people would have. So it's also really unfair. Like leading questions are leading questions regardless. And then if you add into the fact that there were multiple instances, even in the interview, where they didn't understand each other because of the language barrier. If you then add in the fact that this guy doesn't speak English as well as anyone, like other people, it's really unhelpful. If you're going to give him a leading question, he's even more likely to just answer it exactly how you want to and give you the clickbait that you want. And it's just taken... Ronaldo has basically been taken advantage of in a way. Like... As as so do you have a bit of sympathy for him? I do. I, I don't have a complete because he I do think he's completely like he's proven that he's egotistical and that like for example when he came home and told Cristiano Jr. that he had been suspended for three days and he went, But how can they do that? You're the best player in the world. And he went <laughs> like it proves that <laughs> it proves that they they have a culture of I'm the best and it's reinforced that he's almost above the law like they can't that he deserves this like preferential treatment but just because he is who he is which so like he he is an egotist and this interview doesn't reflect well on him but it reflects as badly as it does because Pierce Morgan really has helped drive it that way I'm not making. What do you think about the stuff about huh? Ragnik? Uh, the stuff about Ragnik? Just a bit childish, like Ragnik. Yeah. I I think the the biggest thing that stood out to me is, you know, Ragnik's actually got a good football brain, and this is a man who asked him to press and then didn't play him much because he didn't press. So. I I just find I take it with a bit of a pinch of salt. Like, if you're gonna have a go at Ranić when you obviously didn't like him and he obviously wasn't a big fan of you, mm. is, it, is it actually about he's not a good like manager or is it about he just didn't do what you wanted him to and it hurt your ego? That's what the whole thing's about, ego. Yep. Anyway, rest in peace, Ronaldo's career at United, anyway, in the short term. Um, Moving on to the World Cup. Starts on Sunday, so in a couple of days' time from when we're filming this. Um, There's been clips going around about... Qatari officials paying people to act as fans for some countries. So the ones I've seen, I've seen Portugal, England, Brazil, and Spain. Yeah. And 
it's honestly listen you can based off the ones of England I think you can it's pretty clear that they are not English fans um yeah based off the chanting they don't know much of the words it's coming home 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 yeah Perfect. very out of tune. along the tune <laughs> along the tune and also um they're talking about oh i think i saw one people they, they were asked who their favorite footballing legends were from england or something and a few of them struggled to answer and then there were a few Harry Kane and David Gareth Southgate, football legend. I was like, yes, yes. David Becker. David Becker. <laughs> I don't know that's that funny. Um, so, yeah, what do you make of this? Well, I think, yeah, in all situations, right, this, this world is now a lot more diverse than it ever was. And it's a very globalised yeah. world. And I saw comments saying, how do you know that they're not, like, fans from... I, like, I saw Qatari accounts basically saying, there's no proof that they aren't fans of that country. They could have chosen to support that country. And I was thinking, so you think in a country that is known for getting foreign labour specifically from South Asia and specifically Nepal and India as a couple of countries in that area that about 50 people who all match a description of someone from that area both by appearance and accent you think that these people actually came from England which as diverse as England is in some areas I can guarantee you, you're not finding that collection of people in very many places in England. That's the number one. They don't really seem like England fans. And then you add in the, yeah, they can't chant the songs or in rhythm. Like, I think it just stinks of Qatar corruption and chucking money at everything. Like they chuck money because yeah. that's the way it works. Like we're gonna pay these things to be here so our tournament looks better. Exciting. Yeah. And I think what you just said about the new report that um about the what? The news report that alcohol is no longer gonna be sold at venues yeah. comes out, as you said, two days before the World Cup starts. Um, I think this could be a stretch, but I really don't think it is. I think that was always going to happen. And I think if we say that alcohol is going to be sold in our stadiums, it entices more fans to come. And now they're going to buy their tickets, book their hotel rooms, get their flights, like give us the money that we want. And like... And just cut it. And it's by the time we get here, they're not going to be able to drink alcohol, but we've already got that money, so it's fine. And they're already going to be here. So they, they're not going to go back. They have to watch football now. Yeah. 
it yeah it just reeks of corruption um i saw a report saying um qatari officials have offered ecuador ecuadorian players um money to basically bin off the first game and qatar allowed qatar to win one nil yeah and it just seems like i think they know that obviously their team's going to be very un- unsuccessful in this tournament most likely to finish bottom of their group. Yeah. I'd say. Um so like you just said, it's just um chucking money at the problem and thinking it's gonna fix it. Um just and it just it's just a continuous cycle of of what they've done from 2010 actually winning winning the World Cup all the way all the way um through the whole construction processes and now two days before hosting the the biggest sporting tournament in the world kind of putting two middle fingers two middle fingers up at fans yeah because you know especially in Europe like alcohol and football that coincide they go they go they go in hand essentially and yeah I mean, I I'm all for respect respect the country kind of thing. Yeah, of course I am. But you can't you can't uh, kind of promise people and kind of set in you set your own standards kind of thing. They set out the list, and it, it seemed like people were like, "Yeah, okay, we'll go." Kind of thing. Like you you go to Qatar, you know what you're expecting basically. Um, but now. But now you're just you're going back on your own words. So I think people are just, if anything, you could see more people being disrespectful towards the state mm. if you're not careful. And like people, but I know um, with England and Wales, um, I think they've sent over police officers, like English and Welsh British police officers, to act as a go between the between um, Qatari officials and um, the fans as well. And I imagine more, more, um, more countries should do that. To be fair, yeah, because I think we will hear of a few incidents that go on. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, I think that it's just a good point because people would have got planes this morning, destined for Qatar, and by the time they land and get their like signal back or their Wi-Fi, or whatever, or by the time they go to the game, they'll find out they can't buy alcohol, and. Like, I'm, like, alcohol is not this, like, nectar of life that you can't live without. But that would have been a big sticking point for a lot of people. Like, Yeah, big time. Because as much as I, yeah, I agree with respecting the culture of the country you're going to, if, if that country doesn't offer pretty much anything that you're used to like that like qatar is a very different country to england in so many ways and i think the alcohol thing even though it's not a big that it's not a big thing really like if you just look at the basics of it but for for someone to decide to buy a ticket it's almost that one thing like at least that will be the same as 
when I'm at home. So I can now like, go to Qatar safe in the knowledge that there'll be, I can like, have that 90 minutes at the football stadium and it'll be the same as being anywhere else. And now they can't yeah. even that. I think the price discrimination kind of thing with, like, I don't know, I saw charging £11 for a pint. I think if they obviously want to limit um, the amount of alcohol consumed, I think obviously that's a good route to go down kind of thing because that would obviously discourage a lot of people, particularly English fans, I've, I'd feel, because £11 for a pint is like double what is kind of the setting standard here in like London, for example. Um, that would I think that would have been I think their original plan was probably better kind of to discourage people to buy alcohol but if you want alcohol go, you can you can pay for it at an inflated price kind of thing but to completely ban it I think um, yeah I just think the timing as well I think I think what if like we knew this like three months before I mean people could obviously plan ahead but I think two days before I think that's that's a real fuck you Absolutely. Um, yeah, the timing's the big one. Another another thing that they've done, I don't know if you saw, but in fan zones in Qatar, they don't have any water fountains. Uh, I've not seen that. Yeah. They've, they've got no, really? no water. Like, despite the heat, like fan zones are going to be packed. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for how many people are going, but like fan zones are usually packed. And if if as many people as they want to have travelled to the World Cup have travelled to the World Cup, there will be a lot of well, there'll be a lot of action in the fan zones. Like people just are buzzed in fan zones. Like the whole point is it's a massive crowd watching a TV, typically chucking beer up in the air when they score. But I would say this time they'll be chucking water, but they can't, they can't even be chucking water because there's no water fountains. But so. Like again, it's another just like the thousands of migrant workers who have died, it's another complete oversight of how to actually run something. Like it's mm. it's, it's like so I work at this festival like once a year. And the first year it was really cool because I, I know the people that put it together. So I was with them when the festival was going on and you would see them like learn on the spot. Like you'd, you'd see them need to fix this issue and this issue that they didn't really think about and that they've like got to deal with like that. Otherwise it might become a natural problem. And yeah, that's acceptable when you're like a small festival in your first year and you can fix it and you have the ability to do so when you're a government state hosting a world cup and also which is also going to be a reflection of your country on a global scale having issues that you're going to need to fix in real time and haven't planned for is very much unacceptable had 12 years to plan this yeah um yeah i think it, i just think did you watch scary now before i think i just think it's really slime all of it is slimy yeah. it's really really slimy about um 
about like the whole underreporting of migrant workers. Like uh, the Gary Neville film, like the guy who's like kind of organized the whole FIFA, the World Cup thing for, for Qatar. Like I, don't, I can't remember his name. Um, he's just like the actual number of people that are free yeah. on the sites. It's like it it reeks, it really reeks. And it's really uncomfortable as well. It's such a bad it's an uncomfortable watch. Like it's free people and he's saying like Western outlets are lying about the numbers and inflating the numbers. Well the big, the big part of that, sorry, a big if you wanna go No, no, no. A big part yeah. of that is um one thing they do is they count if you don't die on the actual um like land like if you say i don't know if this is has happened right like but say if you were say on top of a stadium and you fell off of it if and you, you land like outside it outside the stadium that's not a work related that's incident fine. that's a non working related incident Purely according to yeah, them. and like even if, like, say, obviously you're inhaling like all the fumes and dust and stuff like that, and if you're on the way to hospital and you die on your way to hospital, that's not that doesn't count. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. And, I mean, I don't have you watched the FIFA documentary? Yeah, nah, I've not. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I I just watched it this week. Um, I what saw, was it? Oh, it's just, what's it on? It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I've watched the first episode. Yeah, one really? and a half episodes. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I saw four different, at least, four different coffins in that documentary of migrant workers. So for there to only have been three deaths is already wrong. But the biggest thing that I took away from that documentary, which I think all of the issues that we've highlighted really shows is that this World Cup is actually a government project to fast track the country's development. Like, this isn't about football. It's about using football as a lot of people do using football as a political power to create, yeah, and to create better conditions throughout the country and allow the country to like be seen as this global power. And yeah. they're trying to basically fast forward their economic and social growth. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, through this World Cup. Like they're they're trying to make themselves seem bigger on the global scale and better as a country by doing this and hopefully setting up infrastructure through this World Cup for mm. their country that will make them more appealing in general. It just... It's ridiculous. Like, they said it in the documentary, like if some of the people that worked for FIFA, like, you, you, the second you land in Qatar you realise all it is is about making the state better. Like it's a state-led programme. It's not a f like a football federation-led programme. Like it's nothing to do with the football at all. No. Um, the conditions of 
the mig like the condition that they're forced to live in. Like their accommodation terrible. Um <clears throat> they the migrants are basically they're employed by like all these construction firms or whatever, but like they're under contracts with so many different ones. So for the I saw some BBC things, so for their family back home, they may think like, for example, their son is working for X, but actually he's just got a contract from D now. So they're always moving about. So it's hard to actually claim compensation when unfortunately they die. And it's also hard yeah. to track through that as well. Like you, you don't and yeah. on, on conditions of migrants living like i know their conditions are a lot worse than what i'm about to say but have you seen the like accommodation for fans yeah 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 i did and like the food as well you like, see the food the, 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 nine pounds oh, but yeah the fans are calm for what you're paying as well yeah i find it like I think it's I just think it looks like a youth hostel. Yeah. Hey, this is a Greek salad. Um I'll show you the podcast. That's costing you nine pounds. That's not even a Greek salad. 30, 38 Rial. Can you tell me what you can see in that dish? Like um peppers, lettuce that looks like it's been left out. I mean you don't for a bit. Salad. Huh? You don't get lettuce in a Greek salad. Yeah. One olive. <laughs> One olive that's visible, and I see some tomatoes and cucumbers. Right. So minimal, minimal stuff. So there's no feta. No. So instead, of... lettuce, you know, you know when you leave lettuce out for like ages. Yeah. Or like you leave even in the fridge, it just just lettuce gone off. Really, that's what it is. Oh. I mean, I've, I've, oh, I mean, they've just basically replaced feta with mouldy lettuce. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's grim. I love. A Greek I would. Lettuce. You love a Greek what? Salad. Like I, I, we, what we were in Croatia for seven days. I had four Greek salads. Like over half of the days I was there, Ooh. I had Greek salad, and because they're beautiful things. I'm not very uh, no yeah. but let's hope that the football's a spectacle. Um but yeah the human rights still need to be questioned. Um so yeah, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. You've got anything planned this week? 
this weekend. Work. Where are you gonna where are you gonna be watching the first game? Probably home. Yeah. Probably behind the laptop whilst working. Yeah. Are you, are you doing anything for it? Huh? Are you doing anything for it? Mm, no, I don't wanna do I'm one of those people like I don't wanna I don't like the idea of going to a fan zone and stuff like that. It's not for me. Nice. Like, do you remember back at home when everyone would go to town to watch? I just thought it was awful. Yeah. Like, being tight, hearing some awful footballing opinions, and it's just like, I kind of don't understand because when people are, like, drinking and doing coke, it's just like, doing the the white powder. It's just, I don't want to be around those kind of people. I don't, I don't. I feel I've, like they'll be annoying. I've never watched the videos and thought I enjoy that. I would enjoy that, like. So many people I know go, and I'm like, it's cool that you go. I like to watch the analysis as well, like pre-match, yeah. half-time, and obviously post-match. Yeah. Like it, it gets me in the right mood for I it. Like the build-up. Yeah. Yeah, I like the build-up. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't plan on going to any fans because like the ones here in Manchester, the there are a few you have to pay for, so, and I'm like, I'm not gonna pay to watch England. Do you know what I mean? Southgate ball, you think I'm paying twelve pounds to watch that? You skunked. Silly. Silly, silly, silly. If it was our tetable, oh, take well, my money. I'm sure we will talk after our nil nil draw with Iran, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, oh no. I can see it. No, surely not. Surely not. Both teams play horrible well, you know, We can't draw nil nil to Iran. We've got to be it. Listen. Yeah. I don't know. I've been watching the England camp videos a few times and yeah. I don't know. You can't help but feel like maybe. But this happens all this happens all the time. Mm. Not maybe like they would, but maybe they could do something all right. But then and then and then Gal Southgate comes in the video and you're like, that's reality. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna. Be, well, we've done the we've done the special. We know what we think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. One thing I will point out: if you look at the videos, Trent Alexander Arnold looks so upset. Like he looks like really like sad and lonely. Like hey. it's like actually pretty worrying. Like. Well, Watch I, the stuff, like, it's so weird. I, guess I just feel really uneasy because he's always on his own and he just looks really sad. I guess if you're underperforming, you might feel a bit withdrawn. Like, you, yeah, you... of course, but this is like a blank sheet, isn't it? It's a new start. Mm-hmm. For England, it's different. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Um, whatever, whatever the countries I'm back in, Ghana and Senegal do, I'm going to enjoy the tournament either way. And... Hopefully, you see Messi become the 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 great. I'm going to be an honorary Argentina fan for this World Cup. <laughs> Likewise, when my teams get knocked out, yeah. if my teams get knocked out, because I would love to see a country from like Africa or Asia win the World Cup. I think that'll be insane. Yeah. When, when I love England, an underdog sport. When England get knocked out by a Mane-less Senegal. Then yeah, ah, uh, it's actually confirmed now. Yeah, which I'm very sad about. But we do, 
Time Let's is on our side. So Spotify, you know what to do. Fuck Barcelona and come to us. Love and affection. Love and affection. Goodbye. <laughs>